the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Yeah, let's see here. They, um, yeah, they took my temperature, checked my pulse rate. All looks good, so I guess I'm okay to be here. (laughs) Good afternoon. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Lifeline for this 10th day of March. Craig Roberts back in the saddle again. I'd like to thank some of my colleagues, including uh, Brian Johnston and uh, Andy Froyland, for sitting in for yours truly while I took a little bit of R&R. Always nice to um, get out of the country for a while, get refreshed, get some fresh perspective on matters and life and general, and uh, then come back and share some of those thoughts with you. And we'll do that over the coming days, undoubtedly. There's so much, though, to unpack. My goodness, when I I left, the world, uh, with a few notable exceptions, was largely at peace. And then uh, come back home and find out, yeah, Europe's in the biggest war since World War II. And uh, there's just a lot of madness and mayhem going on all around us. We're going to spend some time talking about many of these key issues from a uniquely Christian perspective on tonight's program. But I want to start with an issue a little bit closer to home. Um, We've seen a steady march toward the impact of um, radicalism at so many layers. And uh, to be sure, different communities within the U.S. are affected to different degrees Uh, Most notably, though, probably the one American community that has um, sadly suffered the most from the impact of the um, extreme progressive, and I don't know, they call it progressive, it it doesn't, it seems to be more regressive, at least on the moral front. But uh, in the progressive arena, we've seen everything from uh, prayer removed from the public classroom, the denouncing of the teaching of the Ten Commandments. I mean, why, why would one want our kids to respect their parents or not lie or steal or kill, right? I mean, who would want to raise their kids with those values? Crazy, right? And then we add to that um, the impact of so-called legalized abortion that uh, since 1973 is claimed, I don't know, upwards of I think the last count I saw was 62 Million, roughly twice the population of the state of California, and we've got the largest population in the union. And then you add to that what's going on in the public school system that went from teaching our kids how to think to indoctrinating them as to what to think. And all of these um, powerful issues combined together is creating for quite a mess. And as I say, most notably, one of the American communities to suffer the most has been the black community. Joining me is Pastor Stephen Broden. He is the executive director of Content of Character. He serves as senior pastor at Fair Park Bible Church in Dallas, co-founder of the National Black Pro-Life Coalition, where we know him from, and he's a former adjunct professor from Dallas Baptist University. 
Pastor Broden, great to have you back with us again. And let's talk a bit about, uh, as I suggest, this this dangerous mix of this march towards extremism and uh, what they call progress to me seems to be regressing to some of the more, um, shall we say, uh, uh, baseline sinful nature of mankind, and and most disappointingly, and so much of this has been kind of a, a bill of goods in a sense, uh, sold to the African American community in the United States that they have shown um, unfailing support for one particular party that's claimed to have their best interests at heart, and yet sadly, just the opposite has largely been proven true. Well, thank you for having me, and I think your subject matter is appropriate for the hour in that America is at a tipping point. Either we will continue as the Founding Fathers had envisioned and as the Constitution supports, or we will be flipped into something totally different and antithetical to the founding principles that made this nation great. I believe that what you have identified is a steady move, not organically, but one that is uh, foisted upon us, through incremental and gradual change uh, of who we are into a socialistic paradigm. Uh, It has uh, been coming at us for a long time. It has found its climax, I believe, in this century. And uh, those who are moving us in that direction believe that this is their hour, their moment to take away uh, from us our constitutional way of life and living, and most especially our religious liberty. It's not happening to us accidentally or incidentally. It is by design. And I think it's incumbent upon us who are part of the uh, Church of the Living God to recognize what it is that we're confronted with, the authenticity of the threat that we're facing, and to respond out of our uh, biblical frame of reference of what we call a biblical worldview. Uh, Your show has the word perspective in it. Well, perspective means the faculty of seeing all the relevant data in a meaningful relationship. For us, that means seeing things as God sees them through the person and personality of Jesus Christ. We are disconnected from that now, which is an explanation as to why we're in the mess we're in right now. And there's a desperate need, a screaming need for us to reconnect to our Judeo-Christian heritage, our roots in that philosophy and that those ideas. We need to connect to them again in order to rescue this republic. So this is not only a disconnection, certainly, from those fundamental um, moral moorings that have largely directed America since her founding, and then recently we've seen kind of this, this rudderless sense of lack of direction in our nation. But I have to wonder, too, Pastor, from your perspective, you know, since the outbreak of war um, in Ukraine, we've heard multiple references to to Hitler, and I couldn't help but think that uh, he was long one along with his propaganda minister, uh, Joseph Goebbels, who promoted this notion that if you repeat a lie frequently and often, that eventually people will kind of come to just simply embrace that lie as the truth because they've just heard it so much. And I have to wonder, in a sense, either accidentally or on purpose, has that been part of the agenda here? Because if you talk to um, certainly a lot of African Americans in, in more liberal communities like San Francisco or Los Angeles, they will say, oh, the, the Democrat Party, they've got 
our back. And yet, sadly, it's been demonstrably shown that if you if you really analyze and you really critically look at what has been going on in our country, certainly over the last generation or two, I don't know, 40, 50 years, just the opposite would seem to be true. Well, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. There is a deception and a lie that's being perpetrated uh, on our nation, and most especially in the black community. You see, the left has found a way to manipulate our community and have blinded them with a narrative that is sourced in a historical fact, but may not be relevant or applicable to our contemporary reality. That is, they have used the legacy of racism, Jim Crowism, and injustice that has been perpetrated in our community for for many years, but has been corrected over the years, but is still a sensitivity to us as a community. We're sort of hypersensitive about it. And whenever anyone is identified as a racist, we shut down all discussion. We don't investigate anything. We just accept what the person has said about them. And usually it is a progressive Democrat who is saying it about the Republican Party, about conservatism. And we just shut down. We don't even investigate it because we're that sensitive about it. If you hear that somebody's a racist, oh, my God, I can't vote for them. And then they're voting for uh, someone who does not have their best interest in mind. That is the socialist progressives who are using the black community to accomplish their agenda. Here is the dark, ugly secret that they are exploiting our community. They are using us without addressing the issues of major concern in our community, economic development, the issue of crime, education for our children, and, and, and justice in the public square. None of those things have been addressed by those to whom we have been voting for for the last 50-plus years. You know, and it, and it strikes me. has not changed, and, and they have lied to us, and they've duped us, and they've manipulated us into voting for them. And what is happening with our vote is they are advancing an agenda right now that is destroying America and changing who we are because they're in office writing the policies and the laws, and we who are in the black community are hugely responsible for that because we vote for them over 90% of the time. And, you know, it strikes me the old adage there are crimes of omission and crimes of commission, and while from a a, a purely um, racist point of view, you might not see covert acts um, of commission of of racist behavior coming out of uh, one party or another. But oftentimes it's not what they do, it's what they don't do, those acts of omission that ultimately have the same and oftentimes even more severe impact. And, And that's something that I think all of us need to wake up to and become acutely aware of. Uh, it, it's it's high time that we come back to a sense of critical thinking and ask questions. Don't accept everything that's fed to you at face value. Um, we, we so often now look at things like Facebook as our only news source instead of saying, hey, okay, let, let's, let's investigate this. And we hear what the politician is saying when they're on the campaign trail. What are they doing when they're sitting inside of the Congress or in the state legislature, how is their behavior then? And are they supporting bills and measures that ultimately wind up doing more harm than good? Some insights today from Pastor Stephen 
Broden. By the way, he's got a book out that uh, dives into a lot of these topics. It's called Pawns of Change, the Exploitation of Black America by Progressive Liberals. And you can get more information by either going on to uh, Amazon.com or going to Content of Character Series dot com for more information. That's content of character series dot com. Our thanks to Pastor Stephen Broden for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the program. Maybe I should have just arranged for a couple of extra days of vacation here. <laughs> Doesn't it just happen out the gate? Guests that get scheduled for some reason can't make it. I Sometimes don't understand the way the world spins, but spin it does nevertheless. As we uh, prepare to um, to uh, re- <laughs> realign the deck chairs here on the, uh, the uh, USS Titanic, better known as uh, Lifeline, let's see if we can't jump in and, uh, and grab a conversation with my good buddy Brian Johnston. Um, Brian, of course, is the Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee and is the host of Life Matters, heard every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX. Brian, as always, good to have you with us. There's a there's a curious thing that I think it's important for us to kind of pull back the curtain on for listeners tonight. Uh, we, we hear phraseology regarding communism bantied about uh, with almost great abandon these days. To some degrees, a, a lot of people that use the term do so not at all clearly understanding what communism is or what it looks like. Um, but there is a, a philosophy behind it um, in, in the very foundation of Marxist-Leninist uh, teaching and, and ideology um, that that not only embraces a, a a government and political position, but a moral position as well. And I uh, remember the frequent references that former President Reagan made to um, the evil empire, referring to the then Soviet Union and to the the dangers of godless communism. And at the core, of course, that refers to the the environment in that philosophy created by Marx and Lenin that uh, that not only denies the existence of God, but quite frankly, also shows a sense of um, complete disrespect for any value of human life. And I got to tell you, having been a student of of communism for many, many years and having visited to uh, a number of um, current and former communist countries, including the former Soviet Union, um, I had even myself um, missed a um, missed a phrase from the revolution betrayed in 1936 by uh, Leon Trotsky, and I'm quoting here, it was for just this reason the revolutionary power gave women the right to abortion. It is one of her most important civil, political, and cultural rights. From 1936, there you have enshrined uh, more than 40-something years prior to us codifying abortion here in America. And I think it really gives you a glimpse, as I indicate, into uh, just how insidious and dangerous uh, Marxist-Leninist philosophy and, and frankly, theology is and how that today we see the, the impact of this philosophy even here in our own country. Oh, yeah. Well, Craig, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Welcome back, by the way. And uh, I'm 
as you know, I, I tend to dig into the roots of things, and uh, my training academically was as a cultural anthropologist, a linguistic anthropologist, but language is culture. And so there is something about cultures that accept ideas and don't dig into them. And that's true of every culture, but now in America it's very, very common that people just accept ideas that they're told. And we know this as Christians and as pro-life Christians. The culture is told, well, you need to be pro-choice, and that means you need to accept abortion. Just accept it. Everyone else does. Do what everyone else does. This is just how it is. And there's a cultural acceptance that people don't dig deeper. On the issue of communism, and it's so important, it's very clear that people don't understand they think it's only an economic theory from far away and people with funny accents, uh, they believe in communism. But communism is more than merely an economic theory, as you refer to. It is an entire worldview. It's actually a religion. It's actually a faith that there's a better order than the one you're living in now. And we have to upset the current cultural and moral order in order to put in place a better order. And it is, when people are attracted to this, it's incredibly compelling. Many Americans have accepted the basic premises of Marxist worldview, but they don't call it Marxism. They don't call it communism, and so they feel they're just being fine. I have friends, I have family members. Say, I, I'm not a communist. No, I don't go for communism, but I am a socialist. And so they shade what it is they actually believe, and they be, believe that somehow they're not embracing an idea that makes the state and a new world order the premise of how we move forward for progress. Now... Here's the, the rub, is that this is so common. Our government officials are implementing, literally implementing, policies that are directly from the Communist Manifesto, and you refer to one, and yet people don't understand this. And communism views human beings as things. Communism is at war with the very premise of Western civilization, and that's a very simple... Western civilization is not about architecture. You know, you folks have been to college, they took a class on Western Civ. Well, it's about architecture, and Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian columns, and how, you know, mankind developed and learned new things. It's about academics. No, it's a very simple premise. Western civilization is built on a core idea that human beings are more than merely animals, that we are endowed with a certain quality that transcends our animal nature. We do have a physical animal nature. But in Christian worldview, it needs to be subject to another quality we have, which is we have been given by our Creator a spirit that can control and direct our emotions. You know, the emotions in real Christian theology were triune in nature. We have a body, a soul, 
and a spirit. And it is when our spirit is empowered and guided by the Holy Spirit that we can be unified and control the urges of our bodies and control the feelings of our soul. Many people confuse their souls with their spirits. So back to what communists view, they don't believe any of that. They believe you're basically a smart animal and that animals can be controlled and the government needs to control them so that society will move forward to a brave new world where everyone will share and share alike and everyone can have their lives fulfilled. It is a hellish idea that has brought only sorrow. So I'm glad you mentioned Trotz. Those who are familiar with Trotsky know that Trotsky was actually banished from the Soviet Union. And they don't know, if you are a student of, of communism, you may not know all the reasons, and I'm glad you got to the core reason that I thought was very significant. You see, when the communists did take over in Russia, there was an incredible battle between the various other socialist groups. Again, folks don't realize the history of the Soviet Union. There were many stages to that revolution. But it was the Marxists that finally won, but they had to fight for that victory. And they superimposed their worldview, Karl Marx's and Engels' worldview, through the agency of Lenin and the Bolsheviks. And they crushed all other opposition. When they finally won their civil war in 1922, they changed the laws regarding abortion. And you quoted one of the things they did. They gave out free abortions, free, to any woman who wanted them, and at any time in pregnancy. Now, that may stun you to hear that, but that's at the heart of women's freedom in their ideology. According to a Marxist, the first oppressed class is not the poor, and it's not a particular race. According to Marxist theory, the first oppressed class is women. And they're very clear. This is very clear. Again, Trotsky got it. He was the one true believer. But Marx and Engels spelled it out in the final book they wrote together called The Rise of the Family, Private Property, and the State. And what they said is that when a woman gets pregnant, she is going to naturally, again, they're fighting against nature and the laws of nature. That's what Marxists are doing. And we, as Americans, believe in nature and the laws of nature and of nature's God. But they're fighting against it. And they said when a woman gets pregnant, she will naturally then want to attach herself to a man in order to have help in raising that child. Because she knows naturally this is a huge task and so a woman will want to attach herself to a man and even by the way if it's not through official marriage if it's through common law marriage which is very common it still puts her in subjugation according to Marx theory to the man to build the family he now is going to go out and get resources she is going to be domestic to take care of the kids Oh, that family, it's a terrible thing. 
And now having private property becomes important, and that was the beginning of Western civilization, according to Marx and Engels. It has to be ended. The only way to end it is to give women the freedom to do whatever they want and to not be held back by men. That's at the core of a woman's freedom. That's where radical feminism was birthed. Radical feminism is actually an explicit outgrowth of Marxist theology. And we need to understand that. Oh, if a woman's going to be free, she has to have the right to an abortion. That defines her womanhood for many radical feminists. You know, let me jump in here quite quick, Brian, because it's just absolutely amazing to me how manipulative all of this is. Uh, you know, you think of some of the, the writings of, uh, all, you know, name them, uh, George Orwell, for example, um, or uh, Otis Huxley, and the, the notion that we, we seem to be um, acknowledging and valuing the role of women, and yet all the while actually significantly undermining, some might even go as far as saying enslaving um, at least in a moral fashion, women. And it shows just how duplicit all of this is and how that absent critical thinking, some people can walk away and say, well, you know, that that's that some of the, the ideals of communism, you know, we, we see parallels with, with things that Jesus said. Same thing can be held true, perhaps, of aspects of socialism. But when you start to peel back the layers of the onion with a critical approach and ask really what's going on behind the scenes here, what's really the agenda at play here, what's really being said, you soon come to discover that contrary to the picture that's being painted, um, this is quite dangerous and ultimately lulls you into one sense of security, all the while taking advantage of you, while you're not looking. The the old adage of the one who comes and pats you in the back with one hand and stabs you in the back with a dagger with the other. It's very much, I think, descriptive of these political and moral philosophies. Brian Johnston with us tonight, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, host of Life Matters, heard every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX. We're going to ask Brian to stay with us for uh, another segment here as we continue to kind of unpack the layers of of this. I I want to mention, by the way, coming up this Saturday, the 12th, the annual um, Walk for Life for Real Options going to be taking place in San Jose at uh, um, Marshall Cottle Park. That's at 5283 Snell Avenue in San Jose, begins with um, 8.30 a.m. check-in. The walk will run, uh, start at rather at 9.15, and then followed by breakfast and uh, music and activities, and all of that will run through 12 noon. Again, that's the annual Real Options Walk for Life. You can get information online at friendsofrealoptions.net. We'll take a time out, back to more of our discussion. Brian Johnston with us tonight as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, back to our conversation. Brian Johnson, we appreciate your uh, being gracious here. Uh, we had a guest scheduled for 5.15 tonight that just, boom, took a powder. But uh, that's okay because uh, Brian Johnson with the National Right to Life Committee is with us tonight to give us some important insights on, uh, again, this notion of the impact of 
the failure to engage in critical thinking and to toss terms and words around with not really fully understanding what they are, what they mean, nor what the agenda is behind all of this. And, and I guess when you look at commentary related to this sense of um, falsely um, inflating the value of women when in reality they, 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 they really intend to marginalize women. Um, I used the term earlier, morally enslave them, and I think that ends up being a, a pretty accurate description uh, within the arena of abortion on demand to some, somehow suggest that as you, as you um, devalue the importance of motherhood, that you are, at the same token, um, elevating a woman, just really, I think, goes to the heart of the notion of the morally debased, or as Reagan would put it, godless aspect of communism. Yes, Craig, and, and you know, I want to bring this up to our moment right now here in California, but first, on communism and what happened, because this this went on for quite a while in Russia, once they had free abortions, and many people who studied communism know that Stalin came into power then, and uh, Trotsky never got it, and he he was isolated. So Stalin became the dictator, and Stalin saw something starting in the 30s, because they had free abortions, unlimited, paid for by the state, they were dropping in their population. They had a precipitous population drop. It was estimated that the average Russian woman had eight abortions. Wow. Personal. And he realized, this is by the 1930s, he knew there was a war coming, and he realized, we're not going to have enough soldiers for the war. He inverted. It didn't just he changed it. He banned abortion. He then paid the mothers to keep and raise the children personally. When you read The Revolution Betrayed by Trotsky, he goes into this at length. He hated the idea that they were keeping their children and that the government was even paying for the kids to be at home. He, If anything, he wanted those kids to be raised by the state directly and not be around their mothers. But so Trotsky was really upset, and it's because Stalin had turned away from the core premise of killing these children if women wanted to kill them and offering this by the state. Now, the reason I mention this, I just talked to Stephen Mosher, a mutual friend. If you recall, Stephen was the first to, he was at Stanford, uh, and then as a graduate student was in rural China, and he was the first to expose the Chinese communist forced abortion policy. Now, in talking with Stephen, he's written a new book, but he's pointed out that the communist Chinese now have the same problem. They have gradually not only terminated that policy of the one-child policy, they expanded it to a two-child policy. They have even now adopted a three-child policy in China. But guess what? The Chinese bearing-age kids, the young adults, that should be marrying and having kids say, no, we don't want to have kids. Now we've got wealth. Now we have personal assets. China is very, very prosperous. And having children means I have to have some degree of self-sacrifice. We don't have any kids. The Chinese government can't even get them to support 
their own population. It's really quite alarming. Uh, Stephen goes on from there, but I think it's important for us to realize that when centralized government controls human lives, those who live and die, it has grave consequences. The reason I mention it now is our own state, our own Governor Newsom, has decided because Roe v. Wade is being examined by the courts, and of course Roe v. Wade calls into question the right to a woman to have an abortion whenever and however she wants, well, California is going to provide that. They're going to hold up the banner of the revolution and, and the new, brave new world. And California taxpayers are going to pay for women to come to California and to have free abortions because we're the land of freedom. We're the land of progress. And the government itself will provide unlimited abortions for even women from out of state. And those states where abortion will not be legal. Now, this is huge, and I think unless we recognize that the issues here are so important, one of the bills that's going through now, there's a package of bills that California Toll Life has sent out and want people aware of, but the Newsom-backed California Future of Abortion Council is a group of radical pro-abortion organizations and legislators. They proposed 45 actions to ensure that the state of California will provide for the rest of the nation abortion on demand, because that's part of the new freedom in the no world order that we're marching towards. That's our governor. That's our legislature. And the first bill is Senate Bill 1375, which would remove any existing requirement. Right now, nurse practitioners actually are performing abortions. But under Roe, it's explicit that abortions have to be overseen by a physician because an abortion is a dangerous medical procedure. And Blackman was actually quite explicit. It's doctors that do abortions. This bill, Senate Bill 1375, for the first time would allow nurse practitioners to not have to be under the authority of an MD. They will become the new abortionists, and when it passes, and of course the governor likes this, he will sign it, when it passes and it's signed, we will have an exponential increase in the number of abortionists in California paid for with your tax dollars. And they need that because they want to make California the center of abortion for the nation. We will provide abortions for the whole nation. Now, there's so many questions that I asked about this. I just spent a whole Life Matters program with several of our officers at California to life. But a couple of quick questions you should ask. If a state has a law requiring parental notice before an abortion, are we going to ask the young woman's age? Will that be required? If we already know this, there is actually a pregnancy caused by uh, incest, all these problems we've heard about before. Uh, are we going to find that out? Are we going to know? Is this? Are we providing cover for the incest perpetrator? Will we know what's going on? We know that, that uh, uh, Epstein, he flew young women that he got pregnant, he flew them out of state to procure abortions for them. Well, now our state's going to be providing that for the less wealthy 
perpetrators. If you're a 21-year-old in Kansas and you, uh, excuse my French, if you know about the girl who's 15, the state of California will get you off the hook. You're not going to be in trouble for statutory rape because this is going to be a free abortion. And what a relief for her. This is great. Thank you, people of California. The implications of what is being proposed now are so grave, and yet the media is not asking these questions. They, in fact, you know, L.A. Times, The Chronicle, ABC, NBC, PBS, they just report this as just one of the great creative benefits that that our state is providing. There's no critical analysis of what they're providing. It's absurd. Well, and, and you know, there's no critical analysis because in some ways they're, they, I think, do deep down understand what the agenda is, and they're fully supportive of it. I mean, they, they look at uh, what they consider to be draconian legislation passed in states like Mississippi, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, elsewhere and say, well, no, we're, we're, we're more open-minded here. And uh, if California has to become a sanctuary state, a safe haven state uh, for abortion, so be it. And, of course, with the influence of organizations like Planned Parenthood that are happy to help line the coffers of politicians seeking re-election, um, you know, that, that uh, money cycle, uh, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, repeat, repeat, um, uh, all, all tends to have this um, quite insidious way of supporting um, each of their agendas, all about money and power at the end of the day, and the ones that lose are the children and Frankly, so too are the women. Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, as Brian mentioned, he unpacks this issue with greater detail. You can catch his broadcast, Life Matters, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX. That's Saturday mornings at 11 here on KFAX. More information available, too, about his best-selling book, the Evil Twins, Roe and Doe, How the Supreme Court Unleashed Medical Killing. You can um, get details by going to CaliforniaProLife.org. That's CaliforniaProLife.org. And again, a final reminder, don't forget that the uh, Walk for Life for Real Options is this weekend, Saturday, March the 12th, 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., 12 noon. Activities will conclude. Complete details at FriendsOfRealOptions.net. We invite you to tune in to... Brian Johnson's program, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Life Matters, right here on KFAX. 10 away from 6 o'clock. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.